This series that uh, we just started this last week and leading up to Easter is called Yes, He Can. So if you missed the setup last week, um, we're just talking about the power of the little word yes. And um, it's your greatest possession is, is how we started off last week. Um, it's more valuable than whatever you've got in your retirement account right now. And some of you are thinking, yeah, yeah much more valuable. <laughs> um, uh, but when we choose to say yes to the right thing, it opens up a gateway of blessing in our lives. And we choose to say yes to the wrong things, it can open up a gateway to a gauntlet of regret. And so it all comes down to our yes. There's a lot of yeses in our life every single day, and we get to choose how and when and where you use that yes. And as we do that, the yeses and the nos and the ons and the offs that we talked about, we are building our life. And so last week, we really just took a few minutes to talk about how our first yes and our biggest yes, if you will, is saying yes to God. We pulled up this verse right here from Isaiah 26, uh, verse 8. Yes, Lord. That's where it's at. So let's all stand if you can and let's honor the reading of God's word to us this morning. This is the beginning of everything that we do. So if you want to understand even who we are as destiny, if you're new today coming in, I think, I think we can shrink it all down to those two words. Yes, Lord. That's what we're about. Your big yes. So let's read this together this morning on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the desires of our hearts. Father God, we just thank you for your word to us this morning. Lord, I, you know what my prayer is this morning? Just speak what is true. Let's speak what is true. Your voice louder than any other voice in our lives. So God, would you do that this morning? Cut through all the noise, cut through all the distractions we have this morning and, and speak to us, your sons and your daughters. In your mighty name we pray, amen. You can be seated. So that's why we give all the glory to God. Um, but it starts with a yes on the table. And when we say yes to God, we're saying no to a whole bunch of other things, right? We're saying no to a whole bunch of lesser gods. So let's go back. For those of us that are in the room this morning that are married, um, let's go back to that day. And um, when you come to that wedding moment and you come to that marriage moment in your life, and it's, it's so amazing to me because you know, you've got showers and you've got custom-made dresses and a, and a bridal party and, and the rehearsal dinner and the reception and a theme and a color, you know, all of that stuff. And some of that stuff in our culture is kind of overtaken and maybe overshadowed the, just the power of two humans, human beings that are standing in the presence of God and in the sight of all these witnesses that have gathered together, the dearly beloved moment, right? And, and so they say to each other really just two words, I do, I do. And, and the vows are powerful, right? Even the, even the, the traditional ones that, that you, know, you see in almost every wedding, for better or for worse. In other words, I do to you, Deanna, for me, for better or for worse. Whether this goes really great or whether this goes really tough, whether this is a big win or a big loss, I say I do to you. And so we're not saying I do that day to a plan because not very often will a minister 
stand on the stage at the altar and say, hey guys, I'd like to just walk you through the, the next um, 18 years really quickly. Um, here are all the major bullet points of all the things that are gonna happen in life right before you say I do to each other. You know, because here's the thing. There's gonna, there's gonna include him losing his job two times in your story, um, and you're gonna maybe end up living in Des Moines, Iowa. Is that part of your story? So is that cool, you know? And, and are you good for that? And um, there's gonna be mess ups, and there's gonna be hiccups, and there's gonna be need for grace and forgiveness in the story, and there's gonna be misunderstandings and miscommunications, am I right? And, you know, are you good with that? Are you gonna say, I do to that? You know, so you don't say I do to the details. You say, this is my person and I'm with this person and we're going through thick or thin. For richer, for poor. How many of you have been in the poor category <laughs> when you've been married, right? And I don't know about you, but I didn't say I do to being poor. I didn't say I do to being rich. I just said I do to you. You know, whether we're rich or whether we're poor. And I said, Deanna, I, I do to you whether we're in health or whether we're in what? Whether we're sick. Whether my body starts failing me, right? I say yes to you. We don't know the plan necessarily. We don't know the health. We don't know the sickness. We don't know the consequences. We don't know the circumstances, the challenges, the joys, the wins, the losses. But I say yes to you. You've got my yes. So this is where we were last week. We, starting with the big, I believe in God, I believe enough about God to say, I do to you too. We can, we can flip this and say, okay, with our relationship with God in sickness and in health, I say, I do to you. And that's for all of us today. For richer or for poor, I say, I do to Almighty God. For better or for worse, I say, I do to Almighty God. I am not gonna bail on you if it's poor for a season. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna bail on you, God, if it's harder for a season. I'm not gonna bail on you if it's sickness for a season because I believe in you and I say, I do. We start by saying yes to a person, not to a detailed plan. And so here's the thing, you know, if your relationship with God is built around the idea of a detailed plan, you know, if I, if I put my faith in God and I know all these things are gonna happen, you know, you know, what, you know what happens when we do that? then your relationship with God is up and down based on those circumstances. And so some of you may be back at church, maybe after a long absence of being in church, not even because of a pandemic. You know, we've seen that affect, you know, who's in the room or even watching online this year. But maybe it was because the plan went south. Uh, but it, it wasn't God who made the plan go south. <laughs> Am I right? God has been constant in the equation. Uh, with you and with me all along, just, just like the commitment that we make when we stand in a moment, we are commitment to him that says, yes, Lord, I do. So how can we do that? We talked about this last week, if you were here, because he said yes to us and he gave his life for us. And so, but here's another cool thing that we maybe don't think about as much when it comes to that wedding moment and you're standing at the, at the altar. When I said, I do to Deanna, or when you say, I do to him or her, you're also saying, I don't, to all the other hymns or hers, right? And so we should put that in the vows, I think. That would just make it a little bit more fun and a little bit more interesting. I do to him and to all the other jokers out there, I don't. <laughs> you know, this is a big I don't. This yes has a corresponding and anthemic no, right? 
So uh, we learn, and, and we will learn in this series that yes and no, those two things always work together. And the two of them help us to get where we're going in our lives. Now, I, I wanna give you a statement this morning and the rest of the message is gonna hang on it, but it might not make sense right away. So let me say it and then we'll unpack it, okay? Your best yes today most likely is your no. Your best yes today most likely is your no. So we, we start with saying yes to God, but once we get our yes to God on the table, we've got our big yes and, and his plans uh, moving forward in our lives, it allows us then the power to say no. And no is one of the toughest things in the world to say. Now, if, if you're mad, no can be easy. You know, like, heck no, right? <laughs> no to that. Nope on a rope. Nope. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a controlling situation and you're trying to manage a situation, you relish that no. I'm not going to do that. I am not going to do that. Absolutely no way I'm doing it. But outside of controlling and trying to manage something out of a spiteful heart or being angry or bitter and seeing no as the jabs that you've got to throw into the equation, outside of that, no is a really tough customer in our world. But I believe that no can be your best yes. So here's how we're gonna unpack it. I want you to look with me in Luke chapter four at three powerful no's. And these are three no's that we should applaud today. Jesus was the one that said these. Um, so we should celebrate and be grateful for these no's. Um, and I'm gonna start reading in verse one of chapter four in the book of Luke. It says in verse one, from the moment of his baptism, Jesus overflowed with the Holy Spirit. He was taken by the Spirit from the Jordan into the wilderness of Judea to experience for 40 days the ordeal of testing by the accuser. Now, what kind of theology is that, Pastor Sean? Um, so Jesus was baptized, right? That was a big moment. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? That's a big moment and kind of a mystery because it's the whole, because of the whole Trinity thing. It's, a, it's, it's really cool to watch how they interact, right? And now immediately, Holy Spirit says to him, it says to Jesus, are you ready? And I can just imagine in, in the mystery of the Trinity and how they interact with each other, Jesus saying, I'm ready. I am baptized. I am filled with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the earth. I'm, I'm, I've come from heaven. I'm 30 years old. I am ready. And then Holy Spirit says, alrighty then, let's go into the Judean wilderness. <laughs> and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm ready. I am ready now. Okay, great. Now that you're ready, Let's go get ready into the Judean wilderness. That's what Holy Spirit's saying. Jesus, no, I am. I, I'm ready. Holy Spirit's like, but let's go get ready. You'll understand in just a second. Okay, and Jesus, before he does anything, before he does one thing, before he even pulls back the curtain and reveals who he is in the synagogue, he goes out into the Judean wilderness to prepare his heart for what God has called him to do. So this is a missing step for a lot of us in the church because we wanna get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and start our ministry all on the same day if possible, right? But Jesus knew that what he was called to do was big and there was gonna to need to be a readiness moment and a readiness window, if you will. And you say, well, 40 days in the Judean wilderness is pretty extreme. Yeah, it, it is. And the calling on his life was pretty extreme as well. 
And so here he is now, he's out in the desert. And it says, as, you, as we read along, it says that he ate no food during this time and he ended his 40 day fast very hungry. Now, maybe that's a verse that doesn't need to be in the Bible. Of course he's hungry. He's been out there 40 days with only water in the Lord. And, and then there's, there's, there's somebody else in the equation. So verse three, it was then that the devil said to him, has the devil ever talked to anybody in here this morning? He'd ever come in and, and you know, here's the thing. If we, look, if we look at this picture, just because you're baptized and, and just because you're filled and, and just because you're getting ready, maybe even for a, a missional moment in your life, you're not gonna be able to always shut out the conversation that's gonna come from the devil, even if you're Jesus. And, and, and so he's coming because of who he is. He's a liar, he's a deceiver, he's sneaky. He's coming at us from every single angle. And the devil says to Jesus, if you really are the son of God, this, and that's something that you know, Jesus has been hearing his whole life, if you really are who you say you are, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Now, just put yourself in that situation. After 40 days of no food, you're broken down, you're weak, you're hanging on to the promises of God, right? And you're just leaning in like, I, I, I know I'm getting ready, but this getting ready stuff isn't easy. And, and then the devil shows up. He probably just came from the beach. He, he, he probably has a phenomenal tan going on. And, and he just got a haircut and he's looking good. And he's got a Chick-fil-A sandwich in his hand with the special sauce. And he's standing there and he comes down to the son of God. And he says, hey, I thought you were the son of God. Well, if you are, then turn this rock into bread. I, I know you can do it, unless you have something else around here to eat. I mean, I, after all, you've been out here for 40 days. And Jesus says, knowing the power of one little word, what does he say, in essence, if we take it and change it into one little word? N-O, <laughs> no, nope, nope. Oh, he ex expanded a little bit for your and mine's sake so that we can understand how we say no. This is not what he said. He said, I will not. For it is written in the scripture, life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Life flows from every revelation from his mouth. So the devil said in response, okay, well, you know, I, I, I thought that would have worked, but it didn't. So good luck and congratulations on your mission and your passion and your calling, Jesus. I hope it goes really well. See you later. No. What did he do? The devil is gonna try something else. He comes at Jesus another way around. And so this is what he says. The devil lifted Jesus high into the sky and in a flash showed him all the kingdoms and the regions of the world. And the devil then said to Jesus, all of this with all of its power, authority, and splendor is mine to give to whomever, whoever I wish. So just do one thing and you'll have it all. Simply bow down to worship me and it will all be yours. You will possess everything. That's the devil saying, I have dominion over this planet. Another part in scripture says he's the prince of the power of the air. And he says, I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it's all gonna be yours. So you've got 40 day weary Jesus looking out over the horizon going, man, that's a lot of territory. That's a, that's a lot of stuff. And now he's got a promise from, from the devil himself, right? If you just worship me, I'm gonna give it all to you. And what does Jesus say? Can you say it with me? He says, no, no. no. No, nope, not happening. <laughs> and then he expands a little bit again for our sakes. He says, Satan, get behind me, for it is written in the scriptures, 
Only one is worthy of adoration and therefore worship only the Lord your God and love him supremely. So we're not very far in, but can I just have a little pastoral uh, moment with us for just a minute? Is the enemy coming into anybody's world right now and saying, look, I know God has a big plan for you, but here's something that I want to put on the table that has an instantaneous surface payoff available that's to you right now. If you will do this right now, there's going to be a payoff. And it might, you know, it, it might not last for a long time, but you're going to have something now. So you should take it. Does anybody got the enemy coming through, you know, your doorway right now going, look, you see all this, you know, you could run that, you could own that, you can be in charge of that, you could have that, I will give you all that you can think of if you'll just bow down, if you'll just lean into me instead of leaning into that Jesus guy. Money or fame or position or, or power or whatever it is that he's packaged the me as. And yeah, this, this, that kind of stuff and those kind of conversations are still going on in our lives every single day. He's still doing this, right? And so we've got two no's going so far, but the devil doesn't give up. He says, next the devil took Jesus, verse nine, if you're following along, set him on the highest point of the temple and tempted him again, saying, if you really are the son of God, he's like kind of digging down at that. You kind of see that? He, he keeps on going back to that. If you really are who you say you are, if you, you know, what, what, kind of, what kind of digs at you and me? You know, people will do that to us sometimes. Are you really a man? You know, are you really in charge? Are you, uh, can you do it? Can you make a decision? I mean, like, come on, right? Kind of digging down at his ability to even make a yes and no decision right here. And he says, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down from here. For it is written in the scriptures. <laughs> a little flipped here. Now, uh, the, the devil quotes scripture to the Lord, who is the word made flesh. So, A, the devil is stupid. <laughs> B, the devil is smart. A, because you do not quote the word of God to the word made flesh. But B, you can take some people out by twisting the word of God to them. And I'm telling you, the devil knows the Bible. And so he's pulling out the Old Testament on Jesus and he's saying, it is written. I got that kind of from the first kind of responses. You know, you said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And it is written that you should not worship and serve the Lord your God only. So then the devil says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try that this time. It is written. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, I, I know that you're just gonna come, at, come back with, with, at me with that it is written thing. So let me just start with it. He says, it is written, the devil quoting the scripture right here, in the scriptures, God has given his angels instructions to protect you from harm. For angels' hands will hold you up and keep you from hurting even one foot on a stone. And then I love this, Jesus just basically comes back and says, let me clarify for you, devil, the whole counsel of the word of God, um, not just your little proof text that you pulled out that you're trying to get me to build my entire response on, which is never a good idea, by the way. You can, you, you can, uh, People will build whole theologies on maybe six verses in the Bible, but the Bible is the whole counsel of God, right? And from beginning to end is the whole conversation. And so if your six verses don't hold up from the beginning to the end, then don't build your life on those six verses. And if your one verse that says you're gonna say, you know, this is my spiritual axiom, um, doesn't hold up through all of scripture, then you've got the wrong axiom. And so that's what, this is what the enemy is trying to do, that enemy was on the wrong track and Jesus responds to him and he says, let me just clarify this for you here. It is also written in the scriptures, how dare you, you provoke the Lord your God. <laughs> so what was his answer? No, 
no, no. <laughs> a big fat no. He whipped out a can of big fat no. <laughs> and so his best yes, here's what we're getting to. His best yes in this circumstance was no, no, no. You see that? And that can be your best yes every day because every day you're gonna need to say no to something. And we're gonna unpack that uh, just as we go on. But, but look at how this ends, it's pretty crazy. It says, that silenced the devil's harassment for the time being. So he retreated until an opportune time. Just putting that in there, somebody needs to understand and underscore that the devil is a liar, he's a tricker, and he's a thief. And, and so when we, we can be celebrating that I made it in this moment and the devil has a plan, he's like, well, he didn't say you know, yes uh, uh, to me on March the 21st, 2021, so I'm just gonna put another date in the book and I'm gonna come back to this one, right? Just like he did with Jesus. He didn't give up on the Son of God, so he's probably not gonna give up on you. So you've got to understand the power in your yes and in your no. But so look at the payoff in verse 14. We can't stop reading too soon. That's always a mistake. It says, then Jesus armed with Holy Spirit's power returned to Galilee. So Holy Spirit says, are you ready? And Jesus says, I'm ready. Holy Spirit says, okay, let's go get ready. <laughs> let's go out to the desert. We're gonna understand the battle out here. And understanding the battle, we realize that there are gonna be a lot of opportunities in, in the culture, in the world that we live in to get the immediate and the surface satisfaction. And, and that's gonna happen over and over and over again in our lives. And we're gonna need to be ready for that kind of a challenge. There's gonna be occasions everywhere, left and right, to grab up short-sighted power to think if I can get this world, then I've got everything. And there's gonna always be the opportunity for the sensational to happen in my life. That is to say, you know, okay, Lord, I'm gonna roll the dice right here. And, um, but I'm just believing if I roll the dice that you're gonna come through at the right time and you're gonna do it A, B, and C because I'm gonna take this big leap here just like the enemy was trying to get Jesus to do. And so when we do that, a lot of times, now I'm not talking about steps of faith, I'm talking about, you know, some of these big things, these big decisions, I'm gonna buy this company, I'm gonna, you know, get this lottery ticket, I'm gonna put myself in a, in a very precarious situation, but I'm gonna believe because one little verse proof text that, that you're gonna come through and help me out and I'm looking to do some kind of some, some sensational thing, you know, believing that you're gonna come through and put a safety net under it um, at the end of the day. So I'm gonna go out with this guy even though several people who love you have said that it's a bad idea, but I'm trusting you that you're just gonna kinda hang in there with me and make everything, make sure that everything goes okay. Or, you know, I'm gonna get in this business uh, deal with these people, um, already knowing, again, that the council of people who love you around me are saying that this is a bad idea, but I know you got me, right? And these are the kinds of temptations that are in our life and in our choices every single day. And the, the devil is a, a lying, sneaky guy. And so there, there's these three questions that I want us to write down today to kind of uh, help us and, and there's three questions that are gonna guide us into really carefully crafted no's, okay? That, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking necessarily for, you know, no devil, unless it is the devil, and then you have every authority in the name of Jesus to just say, get out of here, right? Just like Jesus did. No, 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 no. But if it's your coworker, we need to use wisdom in how we say no, right? You, you can think no devil in your mind, and I just wanna preface, you know, your coworker is not the devil, even though some of you may think he is, but maybe the temptation is coming from the devil. And so, but tomorrow, 
it's probably not gonna be one of those big guys because we just talked about how the devil is smarter than that and he's sneaky. The no's that we are probably gonna need to use tomorrow are the harder ones. And those are the no's to the good things, but not necessarily the God things. You understand that? And so uh, that's the toughest no of all. And so let's write down these three things. The three questions that I want us to think about. Um, write them down if you're taking notes. Number one, what is your yes? That's the first and the biggest question. We did a whole series about this, um, Passion and Purpose, a couple years ago now. You know, uh, for us as believers, our biggest yes is to him. It's to, to Jesus, right? Um, all for his name and for his renown. Um, that's, that's what it's all about. But then there's, there's you know, the, the other things that he speaks to in our lives that we can, the other yeses in our lives that we know that we can commit to because they're his purposes and his plans. So you need to know and you need to discern. You need to learn to hear the Holy, voice of the Holy Spirit. What is my yes? To say it a different way, what's your mission in life? And so if you fast forward to Luke chapter nine, verse 51, I love this. It says, Jesus, let nothing distract him from departing for Jerusalem because the time for him to be lifted up drew near. And he was full of passion to complete his mission there. You see that? Nothing would distract him. He was full of passion to complete his mission. In other words, Jesus had a really big yes. He had a really big yes that was out there in front of him. But before he ever said yes to you and me, will you put your yes on the table? He already said yes. He, he did not leave heaven flimsily in his conviction, right? He did not say, I'm gonna leave the throne of heaven and uh, enter into humanity and be born into Bethlehem. And then I'll see how it goes after that. He came with a full conviction. Like I'm gonna live a perfect life and die the perfect death for the sins of the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go into Jerusalem, that's where I'm headed, and I'm not gonna be sidetracked anywhere along the way. You know, if you read this same verse in some translations or paraphrases, will say he set his face like flint towards Jerusalem, the hardest stone. He set his face, it was like rock solid. What does that look like? What does that kind of a yes look like? That, that kind of a mission and that kind of a purpose because that's where all the no's came from in this conversation, right? No, I'm not gonna turn these stones into bread. I'm in a testing point for a mission that's bigger than the world, so why would I wreck all of that for a loaf of bread? The answer's easy, no. I've got a yes that's so much better than that, so I'm not gonna bow down and worship you. I'm on a mission to save humanity. I've already said yes to that, so no. Well. The devil comes in, well, why don't you do something spectacular? Look, you've got this right here. It's, a, it's on the table right now. Why don't you take it? Let's just test the power of your power, God, and, and see how it works. No. You understand something, Satan? I am God, so I've already been in the presence of God. I came from God. I am God. <laughs> I am one with God. I don't need to see God do something spectacular. I am spectacular. And I am on a mission, I have a mission over my life and my life is hung on that yes that I've already said. And so we see in Luke 9:51, uh, you know, he set his face, he, he was determined. If you read the stories about people, whether it's in faith or out of faith, uh, successful people, um, are, 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 their whole our overriding story is, is many times, they're not the most talented, they're not always the wealthiest, they're, they're not always from the best family or the best stock or, or the best school, but they all have a sense of clarity about what they wanna accomplish, 
right? They're, they're driven by a dream and a purpose and a, and a goal. And they start by saying yes to something, yes to that outcome. And everything else just has to adjust in their lives. And so those are the, the, the successful people. They're not cruising into Tuesday going saying, well, we'll see how it goes. They're coming into Tuesday absolutely knowing where they're going, right? And so I, I don't know what all Tuesday is going to have, but it's all going to have to adjust accordingly to my big yes that's already on the table because I have a big mission over my life. And that's really what matters most. So Jesus says two more verses down. Again, don't ever stop reading too soon. This is what he says, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor and healing for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. So is there anybody at Destiny Foursquare Church this morning that's grateful that Jesus did what the spirit led him to do in that moment? <laughs> yes. So it was no, no, no. That was his yes. And then you and I got free. The mission was overriding the whole story. So our best yes oftentimes is a no. But we don't have good no's unless we first have that big yes that's on the table. So I'm not asking you, you know, what is your 40-year plan? I'm just asking you, is your yes to the Lord the first thing that's on the table? And then, you know, do you have some smaller yeses that he speaks into your life that God has put before you that you are really committed to? And if you start with those yeses, then you're gonna be on the right track. So second question I want us to think about today is this. Is your God big enough for you to say no? And um, I know that, you know, for those of us who grew up in the church, we know the easy answer to that, right? But let me unpack this a little bit too. What do you mean by that? Well, no is a tough one because we, we're living in the ultimate um, FOMO era. And I don't know uh, if you know what that is. It's, it, you know, fear of missing out is what I'm getting at, F-O-M-O. And uh, FOMO and no are always at odds with each other. And if you talk to, you know, a successful person um, in the field of their sphere uh, outside of the church who's also a believer, and, you know, they've, they've seen God come through in some circumstances and some situations where they said, you know, this is where I will probably leave the company. This is probably where I'll leave our leadership team. This is probably where I'm not going to go to be on, uh, to be a majority partner. That, that, this is the day that I knew that I'm probably not going to keep on going up in our organization. Why? Because this person kept saying yes to God and then kept on saying no to maybe the places and the spaces where the other people in his field or his company were going who were all about just getting to the top. And so they said, I kept having to say, there's one last taxi ride that I can't take tonight. There's one last hang that's gonna happen um, when this business meeting is over and I'm not gonna be on that last one. I'm gonna be at the meeting and I'm gonna be at the dinner and I'm gonna be at the thing you know, that we go to afterwards to meet with our clients, but I'm not going to be at that last part. And here's what I want you to remember. Every single time you get an invite where you know in your gut or in your spirit maybe more accurately that no is the right answer, remember that your God is bigger than any company or any CEO or any board of directors than the field that your business is. And he's bigger than our planet, okay? And so my God is bigger. And if I'm going home, I'm going home every time with a God who's bigger. And... If we have a puny God, coming back to the question that we wrote down, it's going to be really hard for us to say a powerful no. But if we have a powerful God, 
it's gonna make it possible for us to say a gracious, but a solid no. I'll, I'll tell you why. It's, it's, it's difficult to say no for just a few reasons. One, because of our self-worth is tied up in our yes. Our yeses are, are so many times tied up in our self-worth and vice versa. I've seen this in myself. You know, hey, do you want to do so-and-so? And we're like, no, not really, but I kind of feel like I need to because I need to feel good about myself. And if I, if I, I don't want to face the consequences um, of saying no and having you possibly not like me or, you know, think that I don't like us. And so we end up saying yes to a bunch of stuff that makes us look better in other people's eyes or because we're just afraid to be who we are in other people's eyes. But if our God is big and our God is powerful and our yes is clear, then that helps us to more easily and more kindly say no. We don't want to say no sometimes because we're afraid of missing out. I was, I was talking about big consequences and uh, uh, career consequences earlier, but if we just bring it down to the macro level, you know, what if we just bring it down to, well, you know, the so-and-sos and the so-and-sos are going to dinner and we could have gone to dinner, but now we're not going to dinner. So we're not in the meal with the so-and-sos and the so-and-sos anymore. And wow, I don't know, maybe we're going to miss out on something, right? And so versus saying, you know, I'm okay with this because I have a big yes and I have a big vision and it's on the table and it didn't fit with this time to say yes to that. So I'm good. And, if, and we don't, I'm not going to feel like I'm missing out on anything, anything because I've got a big God and a big yes on the table. And how do I miss out with a big God, right? And so the, the, the third reason is, is because, you know, we're, be, we're afraid of being misunderstood. If you're, if you're halfway decent at what you do, what happens? Let's say you're the best orthodontist uh, uh, in Rapid City. That's awesome. But, but also it will probably then take me about a month to get in to see you, Right? If, if you're the opposite of that, if you're a janky orthodontist, like you've got pliers in your room and you can't see very well, well, I can, I can probably get into your place tomorrow. No big deal. But if you're the best or the best whatever in Rapid City, I'm gonna call your office and they'll go, yeah, we can see you in June. Why? Because the demand is great. So as we do what we hope to do, which is see God raise us up to, to do good at whatever he's called us to do in life, our passion and our purpose, then we're gonna have to learn, hear me, how to say no. So when I was younger, I was tall and I was slender. Now I'm just tall <laughs> and I was very fast. I was like a stick. And, and when I was in high school, I had peers who were so mad at me for not playing on the basketball team in high school. You know, are you kidding me? You're the tallest, you're the fastest um, and you're not gonna play. And you know, the thing is, you know, I, I, I enjoyed playing sports. I just wasn't that invested in. I wasn't, wasn't that as, as interested. And so, you know, what I was interested in was music. And so I would go home after school and dad could attest to this. I would spend hours, sometimes four to five hours in the, in the evenings, you know, sequencing and, and writing songs on, on my stuff, which was set up in our basement. And if somebody came and asked me to play at their youth group or any kind of group, it didn't matter the size of the group or the event. My answer was yes. Because, you know, hey, I, this is what I love to do. I, I, I'm spending all my time on this. I'm trying to get better at what I'm doing. I love to create songs. I love to do it. And if it's nine kids at a lock-in, you know, at somebody's backyard, then yes, I'll be there. You know, if, if, it's, if it's some church in Belvedere, population 92, and the times you want me to play are 10 p.m., 2, 2 a.m. and 4.30 a.m. right before the pancake breakfast, I'll be there. It'll be a three-part rock opera, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, we drove around in my mom's station wagon, one of those with the, the back seats that was faced backwards, and we'd fold down the seats and put the speakers and all the gear in there, and you had to put it exactly right, like a jigsaw puzzle, to make everything fit. But it was my passion, and I did it. I loved to do it. As time went on, 
every invitation started to come with kind of the same general packing. You know, um, we believe that the Lord wants you to be a part of this. As a, every time, no one ever invited and said, we're not really sure if you're supposed to come or not. We just thought we'd throw it out there. Every time, as I got older, as I became a husband as a, as a, and a father, and, 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 you know, my name was kind of out there a little bit more, being asked to play at a few more camps and a few more district events and a few more things, it was people who I knew and trusted, and they would say, we really believe that the Lord wants you to be a part of this camp or this event, we prayed about it, can you come? And I'd be like, almost without fail, absolutely, I, I will come, every single time, I will come. Until I realized one day, with the, the wisdom of my partner and my, my friend you know, and Holy Spirit speaking to me all at the same time, I cannot possibly, that cannot possibly be God's will for me to be at all of those events. Because, here's the thing, so all of us, we have to, at a certain point in our life, we have to have this lens that says, I'm comfortable saying no here, because I've got another yes here, my family, my church. I have some big yeses on the table. And then if I say yes to, to this thing, I'm gonna have to say less to some of these other things. And so I need to be able to, to weigh that. And if somebody comes and says, oh, well, I see that you're too good for us now. Uh, you, now you don't come and hang out anymore. Or, you know, all of us have to live in that tension somewhere. There's that chance of being misunderstood. We have to be willing to be misunderstood sometimes, not because we're trying to be misunderstood, because we're trying to be faithful with the yes that God has put in our hands. And I'll, I'll tell you what that sounds like, what this sounds like. Sometimes what it sounds like is I would love to, but no, I can't. I'd love to, but not this time. I'd love to, but I've already said yes to this. And so if you don't have any yeses, you're stuck and you start making stuff up. You're lying to people. It's like, well, I just took a month to get into the orthodontist, so I better really be there. I gotta be there. I can't miss that, right? Eventually, you're lying to people all day long and you're making stuff up and you're feeling conflicted and you know they're lying or you're saying yes to stuff you don't need to be saying yes to and you're diluting the power and the influence of your mission in life because you're just free-floating out there on the sea. And the best to know is the yes, Right? And, and because the best no really is a yes. And I, I'd love to, I'd love to come and hang, but I've already said yes to being with my family. I, I, I would, Tuesday afternoons, I've created this little, little window of margin so that I can spend time with God, spend time with my kids, my wife, so let's do it again, let's do it another time. That's the best no, because really it's all wrapped up in a yes. I'd love to come and join you guys, but I just signed up. I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. So um, I've been trying to go to bed by 930 every night, right? That's a big yes. And when you say that to people, you know, a lot of times when you have a big yes on the table like that, they're, they're, you know, they don't go, oh, come on, you know, we're, we'll just have a couple beers, you know, come on, you can do this. It's not going to kill you. A lot of times, you know, if they know that you've got a big yes, a big mission on the table, They'll think to themselves, well, you know what? I'm not running a Boston Marathon. I don't even run. So I'd better let him do his thing that he's committed to. And that yes to the Boston Marathon, which is why you said no to almost practically everything else in your life for three months, it was worth it. When you finish that race, you don't sit at the end of the race and go, you know, I really missed those chocolate iced Krispy Kreme donuts. No, what you, what you do when you get to the end of the race is you're like, this was a good yes. I'm okay with those 5,000 no's. I'm, I'm not sad about any of them because I just did something great. So I'll close with this last question. This last one is, is your yes, whatever it's gonna be, yes to, this afternoon or tomorrow or, or Tuesday or, or Wednesday, 
is it worth the no? Because we know this, whenever we say yes to something, there is less of us for something else. So make sure your yes is worth the less. I had the uh, slide, a typo on the slide earlier and Mike came up to me and, and let me know about it and, uh, because he's awesome and he catches everything. The, originally it said, make sure your yes is worth the mess. So I don't know, maybe Holy Spirit was speaking through that. You could probably write either one down and it would be okay. So I'm gonna say yes to sharing in music and worship ministry, hands down, wherever I can, at least until the Lord says, don't do that anymore. I mean, it's something I love to do. I'm gonna say yes, whether it's at a district retreat or a city gathering or whether it's at a camp in Missouri, I'm gonna say yes to going on the assignments that God gives me but they're all gonna be filtered through the yes I've already said to our community here at Destiny Foursquare Church. They're all gonna be filtered through the yes I've said to my wife and to my family and my kids. And so it's easier for me, and I have some things to weigh, right? To be able to say yes, I've got to measure whether it's okay for there to be less elsewhere because there is no magic multiplication of time. So if, if, if I have to get with the Lord and determine whether or not the yes is gonna be worth the less, and then I can make a decision and say, you know, there is gonna be less of me at home for my wife and my kids. They're, they're a priority in my life. There's gonna be less of me and our staff and our teams. There's gonna be less of me being able to say yes to something else later this year. There's gonna be less of a lot of different things, but the less is definitely worth the yes of being in that moment at that time. And I believe you're leaning me into this. So I'm gonna say yes, understanding the less and knowing that just because I'm on this missional opportunity to say, yes, I, did, I don't get four extra days this month. And so every time we say yes, we have to realize that that's gonna leave less back at home and we've gotta work that out and be okay with it, whatever it was. And your spouse better be happy with that yes too. Some of you are gonna be traveling this week and you're gonna miss time with your kids, but God's got that calling on your life or that passion in your life and he's opened up an opportunity and so he's made a way from you and you, and for you and you've gotta sort that all out. Yes, I'm gonna miss my kids on, on Thursday. I'm, you know, I'm gonna miss the Wednesday night date night with my spouse. I, I can't get everybody to redo those days with me, you know, so I'm just gonna miss Thursday. But the yes that God's called me to, my family and I all believe together that it's worth the less of not being there on Thursday. And I believe my God is bigger. And if I have my big yes on the table to him, everything in the end is gonna work out. It's Jesus, here's, here's, here's the last picture and we'll end with this. This is, this is the picture that Jesus gives us. And I, I just absolutely love this. It's Jesus saying, why in the world would I turn that rock into a loaf of bread when I'm gonna turn a little boy's lunch into enough to feed 5,000 people? It's saying, you know, let me see, let me think about it for just a minute. I can either jump off the temple and have angels come and catch me. I'll hit the ground and wow, that'll be special. <laughs> or, I can go down into the ground and have my father call me up on Easter Sunday morning and he can call me up out of that grave and that stone's gonna roll away and I can come out alive from the dead. Hmm, let me think about this for just a second. I can bow down and I can worship you, devil, and I can get Galilee and Judea and the Middle East, maybe all the way to the Mediterranean, or I can stay on my yes and sit down on my throne and have the authority to banish you into eternity and have every tribe and every tongue and every language and every people bow down to something worth bowing down to. 
and singing the anthem of heaven. So I'm gonna say yes to that. There was a big yes in his heart, which made it easy for him to say no, no, no. I love how Pastor Derek reminded us last weekend of what Pastor Brent um, says, let your yes be bigger than your no. It's that commitment, that wedding day commitment, I do. And that yes puts on the table for the rest of my life a bunch of other no's as I live out my life. And this is really just another way of wrapping up all that we've been sharing uh, this morning and even last week. Let your yes be bigger than your no's. Father God, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your word to us this morning. God, let our yes be yes and our no be no's. God, and may the biggest decision in our lives be that yes on the table first to you, our biggest yes. And let our best yes sometimes in the day-to-day, let it be no. Lord, you, our wisdom comes from you and we walk in and we lean into wisdom for each step every day from you. But if that big yes is on the table first, it makes all the no's a lot easier. So help us to lean into that this morning. God, we love you. We thank you. Your mighty name. Amen. Pastor Derek. Amen. Awesome. Last week, uh, when we were closing, we talked about letting your yes be the biggest thing in your life, like Sean just said. Uh, We're going to be done real quick because we've got a meeting we have to do, and the live stream for that starts in eight minutes. Uh, Anyway, so last week I asked you guys to weigh the yes, right? I wanted you to ask yourself through the week, has the biggest yes in my life been given to Jesus? Or am I holding back? And again this week, rather than doing our normal altar call type thing, I wanna leave you guys with a thought to ponder and I want you to continue to weigh the yes. Uh, Chris Burns is a, a minister, worship leader guy who's been to Destiny a bunch of times. Really cool guy. And uh, earlier this week, he shared this post online and the graphic for the post said, God didn't save me to use me. He saved me for union. He isn't building a business. He's building a friendship. And then in the comment section, he he continued, this changes everything. Use me, God, we cry. What's my assignment, my calling, my destiny? Friendship, union. His banner over me is love. He has brought me to his banqueting table. This all ends in a wedding. Heaven and earth, God and man. On that day, he'll not ask, did you complete your assignments to do great ministry exploits? Your resume in life will not save you. Only to know him. Did you learn to love? The goal is Jesus. Now, this may sound contradictory to everything that Pastor Sean just shared this week and last week and even contrary to who destiny is. I mean, that's our name. That's our goal. That's our, our, our focus is what does God have for me? Where does he want me to go? What does he want me to do? But this is not a contrary thought. Our work, what we do, doesn't bring Jesus any closer to us. Our yes to him is a yes to a relationship. 
So what is all the work stuff? All the work stuff is just gravy. It's extra, it's fun. It's a journey and an adventure, but it is not salvation. My yes to Jesus is not taking on a job. It's entering into a friendship that will redefine all friendships. It's gaining a sibling, a brother, that will redefine what it is to have siblings, to have a brother. It's entering into a love that will redefine love. So this week, I want you guys to consider that. What am I holding back? Jesus, what am I keeping from you? Jesus, am I focusing so much on the work and the destiny and the goal that I'm forgetting to be with you? You know, Mary and Martha, Jesus came over. He was at their house. They had a party. Martha was cleaning. It was a job that needed done, and that's fine. But she got upset that Mary was hanging out with Jesus. And Jesus' response to, to Martha was, hey, hey, she chose the better part, and I'm not going to take that from her. So the question this week, are we choosing the better part? or are we living in the work? Jesus, help us this week to rightly evaluate ourselves. Help us rightly evaluate our choices regarding our relationship with you. Jesus, are there other yeses in our life that trump our yes to you? Jesus, help us to have a better understanding of where we stand in, our, in the priorities in our lives. And I thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.